everybody. I'm Dave Sandell. And I'm Caleb Gardner. And this is Best Album 4, a podcast where we talk about the best album for doing peyote in the woods. Yeah, obviously, because that's an experience you and I have <laughs> all, have had at least once a year for the last 20 years. This is a uh, retreat. <laughs> this is based on a suggestion that Caleb made in a previous podcast. Uh, we're going to use peyote as a stand-in for all of the psychedelic drugs we haven't done. I have no memory of suggesting this. So oh, that might be a side effect of all the peyote. Yeah, done. that's what I was going to say. It's <laughs> actually either that or the other hardcore drugs that I do on any given day. <laughs> so we are we are flying a little blind tonight, given that neither of us have actually done the thing that we're picking an album for. And so we're going to have to spend some time unpacking how we arrived at even being able to think about an album to answer this question. I, I'm too busy for Burning Man, Dave. I don't have time for it. <laughs> Do you have, if you had all the time in the world and all the money in the world, is Burning Man an experience you would like to experience once? I feel like most things are things I would like to experience <laughs> once, to be yeah. honest. Like, I, I feel like there are very few things that I won't at least try, mm. you know? Um but don't I say do not probe me on like don't start throwing out things and seeing if I will say yes. To, please don't do that. Um but you know. Burning Man, I know some people were very hardcore about it, like want to go all the time. So, I mean, it's working for some people. So I don't think I know a single person who's actually been to Burning Man. I feel like I have a really clear picture of it because of YouTube and other things, but I I don't know anyone who's actually gone. I know people who have like, who call it a community, who have talked about like hosting other people from Burning Man in their house, like in between, you know, like the just are very into it and very supportive of like the local Burning Man community in your in your city when you're not there. Uh-huh. It's a whole thing. This is not an experience that I am ever going to have. I think it's safe to say at age 43 that that has passed me by. No. 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 I'll go when I'm I'll go when I'm in my 60s. I don't I don't care. It seems like the right time <laughs> to do it. There's no there's no time limit on experiencing life, Dave. <laughs> I, I I deeply want that to be true, and yet I I fear that Burning Man has passed me by. <laughs> I've never had much interest in the Burning Man experience, although the idea of going in and dancing for four days sounds kind of fun. You know, there are pre-kid burners, and there are post-kid burners. Okay. And I'm probably, if I'm going to do it, going to have to be the latter. Well, by definition, so, yeah. that has to be true. What are you saying right now? <laughs> I'm saying I'm saying there are people who go to Burning Man before they have kids, uh. and there are people who go to Burning Man after their kids leave the house. And Not, never in between. I get what you're saying. It wasn't just that my kids are born and now I have kids. <laughs> no, I was saying after the kid phase of life. And what will I what will I be listening to when I go, Dave? That's the question. That is the question. Uh, have you ever done the drugs in question? Have you done peyote? Have you done? I have not. I have not. LSD. <laughs> have you had nope. significant experiences with other hardcore psychedelic drugs? I have not. No. You? Uh, no, never. <laughs> not not <laughs> once. Not even like I truthfully wouldn't know where to go. This is where my head's at with this whole thing is that in my head, doing LSD, doing peyote, doing any kind of like out of body experience type of drug is supposed to be 
when you are at some major crossroads of life and need some like deep spiritual guidance, need to be able to get new perspective. Is that, is that where your head's at with this question? I think so. I I definitely am interested in like the sort of out of body hallucinatory side of these things. As I thought about my album for today, uh, yeah. What what is your... when I've seen it when I've seen it portrayed in right. media, right? That's like the only time some somebody has nowhere else to turn and so uh-huh. they just find some shaman in some wilderness and lose themselves. What what are your what are your go-to like what and when you think about how you have formed your sense of what it must be like to be on these drugs? What is your like main media sources there? The only one, you know, this is funny because I feel like this is probably the one, I only saw this once. The only media uh, that's coming to mind is the episode of Billions, where they, like, go into the woods. Do you okay. know Do you know the show no, Billions? I don't, I don't watch Billions. Um, well, the, it's about billionaires, if the name doesn't give it, give it away. So one of the billionaires, like, goes into the into the woods and comes back with, you know, new perspective. And, and in the meantime... I, I kind of associate it with you have this amazing out of body experience and you kind of shit yourself and like <laughs> and you like lose bodily functions, you know, like those are the two things that happen. I like one of those that going you know, in that this album is the album yeah. you would lose your bodily functions to. <laughs> I actually stand by that. Yeah, <laughs> I love it. I can't wait to get into it. I got to say my uh, my like main, uh, you know, impressions of what it must be like to do this come almost entirely from movies. So like big Lebowski, like the scene yep, with him you bowling, uh, you know, the uh, record for a dream is kind of my go-to like bad. I don't want a bad trip. That was really important to me as I uh, thought about what my best album for this experience was, is would any of these songs push me into a place that I am not interested in being a part of, but like my main, <laughs> my kind of main source of this is the movie Dumbo. Because Dumbo has oh this crazy scene in the middle of it where I think he's drunk. Like, I think he's supposed to be alcohol. He's technically drunk. But, yeah. oh my goodness, it's just like these trippy LSD art kind of side quests for like a good several minutes of this movie. Pink elephants. And I truly don't understand what the thought process was behind including this in a kid's movie. I actually really loved Dumbo growing up, so I watched that so many times. And I didn't realize until later in life when I was watching it again, how trippy and surreal and weird that actually was. And I remember actually (laughs) Dumbo getting drunk. I was like, oh my God, that's what happened like like, later in life when you're watching it (laughs) and you're like realizing what's actually happening. Right. It was, it was just, it was disturbing. We were watching, uh, we showed our kids the, the old Willy Wonka, the like Gene Wilder Willy Wonka. Uh, yeah. which felt like a beloved movie. And I, I, I had this sense of this is a movie that I was looking forward to showing my kids, but I hadn't really seen it since I was very young. And there's this bad trip in the middle of it. They like go into this tunnel and there's like pictures of like insects and like decaying things. It's gnarly. Are they on drugs in that scene? They are as best I can tell. I don't remember. I don't think so. I think, I mean, maybe they're always on drugs. I mean, there's Oompa Loompas. And like purple rivers, I don't know. I feel like I feel like that whole movie's on drugs, but <laughs> I don't know if the kids are actually high. Yeah, I feel like it was written while on drugs. I would say, you know, sometimes when I think about um, 
am I actually drawn to these experiences? Because I, I would say in general, like my my faith has constrained my desire. Like I I've never really considered doing any of these drugs um, just by way. But I I would say like some of that feels a little unnuanced, and I've been exploring that a little bit for myself. And I'm admittedly like drawn to the success stories I hear of using psychedelics to treat PTSD. Oh, interesting. There seems to be like real things happening in like the medical community around some of these drugs that feels like, you know, worth at least having a conversation about, if not necessarily giving yourself totally over to, but I have this sense of like the, the, the images I have of, of bad trips are more off putting than the good trips are intriguing. Like when I watch like <laughs> Midsommar and like the grass starts oh, growing God. out of her hand and the trees are swaying, like that's like kind of an interesting moment. Like I, I, I kind of want to experience that if that's out there to experience. But then, but then she goes from that to like paranoid, you know, like you're running through the through the woods and into these houses that are creepy and these people's faces morphing. And then I think, nope, I don't want any part of this. <laughs> this sounds awful. Yeah, yeah, it gets into yellow jackets. We're gonna start eating each other territory. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> My buddy said uh, that he he had an experience once where uh, he was. He he saw Darth Vader walk into the room, and Darth Vader was there to hurt him, like he meant my friend harm. Oh, <laughs> Yikes! I was like, this doesn't sound fun. This sounds not fun. No, no. <laughs> and that's when you shit yourself. That's, that's what right. I'm saying. That's so it, it comes from a it comes from an understandable place. Sure. But, you know, I listen to, obviously, I listen to a lot of electronic music. And as best I can tell, like, all of that music is elevated by MDMA. <laughs> so, like, there is at least this <laughs> curious part of me that's like, I wonder if I am missing out in some sense of the word. I don't actually think I'm missing out on anything. But I, I wonder if I'm missing out in some sense of the word of the fullness of this music that I love. Like, clearly, like, me shopping at Marketplace is not the intended listening experience of a lot of the music that I love. Like, it is certainly meant for these types of experience. <laughs> it's really funny. Oh. Do you know people who've done any of these types of drugs? Oh, yeah. Oh, Have yeah. they talked about their experiences? Not in depth. I mean, I haven't I haven't really asked very much. They kind of, like, talk about it in passing. Again, these are the same people who go to Burning Man. I don't know. There's a very – there's, like, a Venn diagram of people who do LSD and people who go to Burning Man. Yes, it fair. is practically a circle. <laughs> yes fair enough so i guess my question for you is like what do you what things do you associate you know when you think about doing peyote in the woods what are the things that you associate that with that you were thinking about while you thought about what album you would want to take with you on that experience definitely surreal surrealness is that a word surreality um you know the there's a dolly-esque quality you know, like just uh, lots of soundscapes, lots of different. There's a like varied variedness to the experience in mm. terms of it being like taking you lots of places. That's where I'm, where I'm going. Mm. Like that. Um, that was important. Lots of different kinds of sounds. You know, like I, I I kind of imagining being out like in the middle of the woods or in the middle of the desert. Um, not necessarily at Burning Man, just in nature. You know, <laughs> and experiencing the kind of um, you know, I'm thinking like a rainforest quality of just like all kinds of different sights and sounds, yep. even if you're by yourself because you're you're tripping a little bit. 
Absolutely. What were you thinking? Yeah, kind of that, you know, euphoric one with nature experience was what I probably had in my mind the most. I, I've seen a lot of, uh, you know, just represented in media, sort of this out of body kind of heightened awareness, like widescreen hallucinatory experience that's kind of compelling as a thing that a person with a big imagination would want to experience. Like, I think that the idea that colors are moving and like trees are breathing that, uh, you know, sure. Like that sounds great. And there's definitely albums that have that evoke those qualities, like just naturally. Like I, I feel like there are many albums that I've listened to and thought, I wonder if this is some small piece of what it actually feels like to be on drugs. Like when I'm just mm-hmm. sitting there with my headphones in my room, just listening to music, not like on my phone, not doing other things, just absorbing some of this music. There is music out there that makes me feel like awakened to things that are maybe a little more heightened than my everyday reality. Like there's music that can take me places. Um, that that don't feel wholly accessible by just you know your normal everyday living experiences. Does that make sense? It does. Yeah. I mean, there's definitely several Beatles records that have made me th- think about that. Um, there's like a few artists I feel like where I associate mm-hmm. that with. Oh yeah, they were probably on drugs. Who, who you know are some I mean? of those like, Either the ones we're talking either about the lyrics them. are very surreal or. Mm-hmm. Um, the again, kind of soundscapey kind of quality where it gets a little bit more experimental. Um, yeah, I mean, it, the Beatles definitely some Led Zeppelin albums. Um, what else? Um, maybe Bowie. Like, there's just there's mm-hmm. some there's some that are just like, especially in like I think I'm especially associated with like the '60s and '70s. Right. Where I feel like, oh god, everyone was just <laughs> just tripping balls all the time. The Pink Floyd albums feel like they, yeah, like exist in this territory of these albums are pretty good, but then if you're high, these albums are mind blowing. And then if you're watching The Wizard of Oz in the background, exactly. it's just like Absolutely. complete experience. Yeah. So I guess I, I guess I'm ready to dive in. I'd like to start with your album. So what album would you bring with you uh, if you were going to have this peyote in the woods experience? Yeah, um, I have chosen an album called An Awesome Wave by the band Alt-J. Let's desolate. And they are definitely up there for me in terms of Every time I listen to one of their albums, I think, okay, they were on a little bit of something <laughs> while they were writing this, but I'm into it, you know? And they, they always write these very beautiful, um, very non-traditional in terms of song structure and style and how they put it together, um, you know, just journeys that, I, I mean, that's all how, the only way I can think of to describe them. An Awesome Wave was my intro to them. And I've often found, I don't know if this is true for you, but I've often found that the the intro to a band ends up being my favorite. You know, like even if it's, even if it is, you know, objectively not their best album, if it's the one I fell in love with first, it's usually the one mm. I have the most nostalgia around. Yeah. Um, I think I would make the argument, I don't know if everyone made the argument that An Awesome Wave is still All J's best record, but I can't, it's hard for me to separate that, like, personal nostalgia from like you know being able to be an objective judge of quality but all their albums i've really enjoyed but i remember the first time i listened to awesome wave i was just like what is this wonderfulness and where where are you taking me you know like yeah 
just start start to finish love it love the album so walk us through that experience so so what about an awesome wave and these are like your boys right like this is like one of your very favorite bands and very favorite records. it's definitely one of my favorite bands i saw them live at uic here in chicago last year and it was so much fun Mm. such a great like visual quality that they brought to the you know in terms of set set design that they brought to the music and it worked really well i was actually very nervous about seeing them in such a big venue because Mm. They're, they're one of those bands that feels really intimate. And I, and mm-hmm. anytime I've gone to a bigger venue with a band that feels really intimate, it just there feels like a mismatch. But I think they did such a good job with the set design that it, it still felt intimate, if that makes sense. Absolutely. Um, yeah. So, so tell me about your experience listening to An Awesome Wave. Like what, what is the journey yeah. this album takes you on? Yeah, I mean, one... That you're listening to the intro, which is all instrumental, and then it goes into a complete acapella song. <laughs> so it goes from like barely any words, kind of taking you along this journey to complete acapella with harmonies and all of that. And you're like, what is happening? But you're intrigued. And then it goes into Tessellate, which is this amazing, like sexy song with this underlying beat. And oh my God, I just, I. I could talk about, again, almost every song on this album because I've listened to it so many times and love it. And there's just, it's a roller coaster of emotions for me. But it's all, I think the reason why I thought about it for this particular topic is that they do do a lot of what I was talking about in terms of like lots of soundscapes, lots of different melodies kind of blending together with lots of different kind of instruments. Um, lots of experimentation with sounds too. Like they don't, mm. not on this album, but on the the next album of theirs, which I'm blanking on, um, they've got this great sample of Miley Cyrus <laughs> that just like in one of their songs, it's just like a background element. And you're like listening to it. And you're like, is that Miley Cyrus? You know, like <laughs> that's the kind of thing that they do where it's just like weaving in this different, like experimenting with sounds on these verses that are, um again not really uh, not many of them have a more traditional kind of song structure with clear verse and chorus that kind Mm. of they kind of take you even on the song itself along a really interesting journey what is the normal like setting that you listen to these guys in or listen to this album in? oh that's a good question this is definitely not usually a i'm gonna pop this in while i'm like driving the you know, kids to school in the morning kind of album. Um, although I did hear my uh, 14-year-old wanting to listen to this recently, which I felt like was a very proud parenting moment. And I, it was one of those where I was like trying to not get overly enthusiastic and ruin it. Do you know what I mean? Where it's like, yep. <laughs> like my son's old enough to where if you think something's cool, that's reason for him to not think it's cool. So I'm like, oh yeah, you're interested in that. Here's the album. Um, just like you know, tell me if you tell me if you're gonna listen. To it. <laughs> I long for the day where you can just come out and say, "This is one of my five favorite albums." This is cool. Please, yes, let's please talk about it. Um, no, I. So for me, there's two probably two settings. Honestly, like there's the. I've got I've got a tradition which I do most weekends of like Saturday mornings being this really loungy sitting around, reading something awesome, having coffee, like kind of relaxing, and then you've got some great music in the background. 
usually it'll be like new music for me. That's a, that's a lot of the times where I'll like listen to a new album that came out that week. But um, if I'm listening to something that I want to just like set the atmosphere, this is definitely one of my go-tos. Um, and so that's one. Also, I get really introspective on airplanes. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Where it's like, I think there's something about the forced unpluggedness of it, mm. if, that's, if I can make up a phrase, where you're like not, you know, you very much cannot be connected to everyday life, literally or physically or whatever. And so I, I usually spend it like journaling, listening to music, and I usually want to listen to something that's a little mm. bit more introspective. And so this fits that really well. So those are probably two of my go-tos, but yeah. And, or, or just driving by myself, like on a road trip, I would probably do it too. Yeah. This album's super moody. It is very moody. I find that it's hard to listen to someone without like going to a certain place. And I like the place this takes me. It feels like, um, and, and you introduced me to this man. I, I more or less missed Alt J. Like I, I listened to this album when it came out because it was highly touted and, and many, not all, but many record, you know, many uh, magazines or, or whatever sites uh, were, were singing his praises. Yeah. Um, More than 10 years old now. Yeah. But it's, uh, you know, I missed it. It didn't really become part of my like canon of, of music and you uh, kind of singing his praises over the year has, has pulled me back into it. And when I listen to it, I mean, they're clearly inspired by Radiohead. Like there's clearly this mm-hmm. sense of like they have these these simple kind of almost poppy melodies uh, that then they just take into a studio and mess around and, you know, and tweak and screw around with until they've created something you know, original yeah. or creative or, or imaginative that's beyond kind of the scope of, of you know, the, the, the notes on the page. Um, yeah. And when I listen to it, um, I think his voice is so distinct. Like, it's a little nasally. It's a little... He almost reminds me of, like, uh, like Dose One from Subtle. Do you know this band? No. Um, it's like he's a hip-hop artist from the, from the like, early 2000s. Um, really great lyricist, but his delivery is just super nasal and, and funky. Uh, when the lead singer, you know, kick, kicks in uh, on, especially on that that third song, Tessellate, um, it feels like, oh, your voice is not what I expected to match this music, and uh, I find that it's just always a little off kilter. Like I never can fully like it's kind of music <laughs> that feels a little cozy, like even a little like yeah, um, definitely. I don't really the right word is here, like. It's not dark in a negative sense. It's dark in like a like starry night sense. Um, but then his mm. voice uh, just throws it all a little off tilt, <laughs> and I never fully <laughs> settle in. So then, like Fitz Pleasure is my favorite song on this record. It's like deep in the in the track list, and uh, it just has this like crunchy, you know, slinky like little bass line that I just really eat up, Mm -hmm. Um, and it Mm -hmm. it just sounds really cool. Like I feel cool listening to it, and that's the song for me that kind of elevates me up out of my car while I'm listening to it. I'm having my hover (laughs) over the minivan experience. (laughs) Nice. I I mean, um, Joe Newman is the. uh, lead singer the one with the uh, nasally voice who usually I would honestly for for vocalists I find that when someone has a very distinct voice it, it, especially in this way where it's like oh in the wrong context this could right. really rub me the wrong way right yes 
I it either endears me to the band or mm. I just can't listen to it. Like it's distracting. Yeah. So it's either distracting the music or it actually just fits in the music. And for some reason, this just hits the right notes for me and it fits in. Even though I agree, like his voice is very distinct in a way that in other contexts would be like, oh, what are you doing? Why are you singing out of your nose? It reminds me a little of like Neutral McHotel where like Jeff Mangum's voice is not, mm. it's not good. Like he doesn't have a good, he has a loud voice. <laughs> he has a very emotive yeah. voice. But yeah, he doesn't he's have not afraid to stretch voice. for those notes. That's but for sure. man, it just, that music couldn't. Not, it, it would work. They're beautiful songs. They could work with another vocalist, but they become what they are because of what Jeff, Mang- Jeff Mangum brings to the you know to those songs, and his voice not being you know traditionally great um, makes those songs feel like they're coming straight from his gut, like straight from his heart, and he has no choice. Yeah. Even though he is not equipped to sing these properly, he has no choice but to belt them out as loudly as he can uh, because they yeah. have to escape his body. And I feel a little bit like that when I listen to Alt J, where this guy just like he has to sing these songs because uh, voice be damned, this is yeah. But the difference I feel like is he's kind of like letting you in on a secret. Mm. He's like, I've got to tell you this. Come here, come here. I've got to tell you. This. You know what I mean? Like that's the quality it has to me, where he's just like, you know, something good. He's going something good. You know, he's just kind of like whispering it almost. Yeah. Um, absolutely. I, which I really love. I think there is something to be said for a voice being distinct. But it's like high risk, high reward for me. So if you, you, know? you brought this out into the woods to do peyote, what would you anticipate <laughs> that experience being like? Uh, emotional, for one thing. Mm. I mean, I, I feel like I, I, there are things, I mean, again, just taking me on a roller coaster of emotions. There are sad songs in here. There are songs that have like, I don't know how to describe them other than like scary elements yeah. where it's almost like, I feel like you, if you were doing peyote out in the woods and you heard some of this, you'd be freaked the fuck out. Like, I don't know how, to, like, how else to say it, you know? Um, in a good way? But it, like I mean, a in a good way when you're not doing peyote. This is where it's like, <laughs> maybe, maybe when you're doing peyote, I definitely think it would take you places. These kind of haunting, mm. almost ghost-like sounds at some points. Um some of it feels a little threatening, like especially if you weren't in your full faculties. I yeah. don't know, but I, but I, I think it would be an adventure, for Absolutely. sure. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, so for my pick, um, this is not the only time that we're going to talk about this band, uh, but it is the first time, and it is momentous because Radiohead is my favorite band, uh, and has been for a very, very, very long time. Uh, I love that you were like they're clearly influenced by Radiohead. Well, yeah, of course. <laughs> like, of course. All the band hasn't been are. influenced by Radiohead. Yeah, exactly. I feel like not that. They I mean, know what they're I know, talking about. I know lots of bands have been influenced by Radiohead. I know that that is just true full stop. I do not think most bands have been influenced by the qualities of Radiohead that make me love Radiohead. And Alt-J Ooh. has. Like, Alt-J has been, ah. has been influenced in a way that I find pleasing as opposed to, uh, I don't know, just kind of. High risk, high reward again. High risk, high right? reward. There you go. Yeah. Uh, but I want to talk about I want to talk about in rainbows. So I have, uh, you know, I've got my canon of records, and and my my favorite record of all time is Kid A, uh, and for a long time my my second favorite record of all time was okay computer and i just owned that my top two records were both made by radiohead and that that was that and you know they produced a lot of music between 
uh, Kid A and and in Rainbows. I mean, they produced Amnesiac and they mm-hmm. produced Hail, Hail the Thief, but there's a great many years in between there, and there were side projects and other things. And yeah. when In Rainbows came out, I don't think that I, even though they were still my favorite band, even though you know I would I would never ever miss them if they came into town, uh, even though I would they probably are every single year like the the band that I listen to most. I wasn't expecting something great. Like I, I was expecting hmm. another, you know, another round of Radiohead. And it'd been a long time at that point. It had been a long time since we heard any Radiohead. And when I, I remember, you know, I don't want to get into like the history of the record. That's well trodden territory that somebody else can cover. But, you know, we download this album and I actually took the morning off of work <laughs> to listen to it. Oh, really? Um, so I downloaded awesome. the album and I was, I was alone in my like kind of my little den, my office that we had in our, our, apartment at the time and you know i put my my good headphones on and i just sank into the music and you know off the bat it is a little weird like 15 step is a weird way to start a record like that kind of staccato drums and mm-hmm. um you know just all the weird time signatures and uh you know children cheering and um then it kind of goes from there into body snatches which is just a, like a rip roaring old school radiohead um, you know, anthem. But in both of those songs, the the way that their guitars sound sounded so different than everything that had come before it. They weren't fuzzed out. Like they were, I don't hmm. know enough about, you actually probably can tell me more about this, but I, it strikes me that they sound a little bit like what it sounds like when somebody just plugs a guitar in and plays it, which I usually find very unpleasing. I usually need a little bit of distortion or a little bit of fuzz <laughs> before I find electric guitar, you know, pleasing to listen to. And there's just no distortion. There's no fuzz. And there probably is some, and I, I'm ignoring that for, for the moment to make this larger point. But the it is a very clean and pure sound, and there's so much space. Like when you listen to this record, there is all of this space um, given to everybody's individual parts and everybody's parts are unique and interesting and and beautiful um but they don't 100 percent sound like they naturally should go together but boy when they all meld together it just sounds really beautiful mm-hmm. and then the third song comes on the third song is called nude and that's an old radiohead song that i'd, I'd heard different versions of you know and kind of like bootleg concert versions and um, so I was excited to hear to hear this new take, and it is just like I don't know the right way to explain it, other than what I imagined it must have gone been like going from like black and white films to Technicolor. Like <laughs> I I had this sense listening to Nude, like oh something's happening. Like this is you know I'm gonna stretch for something right now and say oh, angelic. Like it felt like heavenly. Like there is a a way that all of this is is working together to kind of like dip into the song and then this burst of sound, this burst of beauty that comes from all these different guys who are who are just amazing musicians who are so thoughtful and so interesting and are just never comfortable with this settling for you know to let the very poppy beautiful song work on its own. They always have to you know mess around with it until it becomes something, yeah. something bigger. And there's something about nude that really felt like I was elevating. So where I grew up a couple towns over was this community called Maharishi, which I I guess was a town that was formed on the principles of this uh, Hindu yogi. I'm worried I'm getting this wrong. Um, But the story that we heard was that 
there were people in this town who practiced transcendental meditation, and they claimed that they could literally levitate. Like, I remember playing basketball games in this building in Maharishi that had a mural of people levitating. I hope I'm not making that up. <laughs> so like their body was on the floor, but their they were sort of lifted up off the floor. And I remember thinking like, I wonder what that feels like. I, you know, I kind of took it at face value. Like, well, maybe they do levitate. I don't know. That's strange, <laughs> but I guess, you know, do hundreds of people lie about that? I don't know, maybe, but, uh, I, I remember thinking like, I wonder what it feels like to levitate. And as I listened to nude, I thought, Oh, this is what it feels like to levitate. Like I felt like this music was taking me up, 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 up to a higher mm. plane of being. It It's such a sad song though. Like that, that I remember being so struck by, I mean, don't get any, any big ideas. They're not going to happen. But in this like, really beautiful tender way mm-hmm. just like whispering it almost to you like it's yeah it's haunting it is it's haunting but it's like it's beautiful and that was kind of always their vibe right like my favorite radio song which we're not going to get into today because it's an hour-long podcast uh but uh, <laughs> how to disappear completely is my favorite radiohead song and the one that means the most to me i should say and that song is so deeply sad and so beautiful um and and motion picture soundtrack and, and pyramid song and just all these it's kind of their vibe is like yeah sad but beautiful um and this one this whole album struck me as it was teetering onto the beautiful but sad side like the the first thing i would say about this music is that it is gorgeous um mm. and then the lyrics and the the tone um is a little little sad um i guess what feels true is that you know there's enough pain and hurt in there that if i was gonna go ahead and have an out-of-body experience and a hallucinatory experience i imagine some of that would get kicked up in me and i find that yeah you know for me i like listening to music that pulls me out of myself that that lets me feel the wholeness of my feelings and kind of get through them and not feel alone with them and feel like, okay, this is going to be okay. And I've always felt like Radiohead helped me through that place. Yeah. I mean, you're definitely, you're definitely right that like full range of emotions on this album, like uh, again, kind of bit, not really sadness, but like bittersweet and in nude almost. Um, I think there's more sadness probably in videotape, um, some of the other ones, but the, like, the anger that comes out and there, things, something like Jigsaw falling into place or, like, how that one just kind of, like, builds and drives. I, I don't know, like, oh, it's so much fun, though. Um, so, yeah, I can definitely see this being, bringing out that full range of emotions. For you know, sure. there's, there's so many albums that felt like they are the right fit for doing Peyote in the Woods. I'll, I'll, I'll rattle off some of them when we get to honorable mentions. But the truth is, is that if I was going to have an out-of-body experience, a heightened awareness experience, this is the album I would take. Like, this is the album I want to experience that too. Like, when I think of all the records that could be enhanced by drugs, and I only got to experience one of them, <laughs> I would pick this one. <laughs> like, this is the one that feels like, you know, I think of Weird Fishes or Reckoner. That's just like, they're just such a different yeah. sound. They're such a unique sound. And I don't think that they maintain that in the following records. Like when you listen to King of Limbs or you listen to, you know, Moonshade Pool, there's yeah. still some of it's, that it's sound, but it's, it's kind of a one stop and it's amazing how well it fits with the rest of the music in, in concert, but it's kind of this one time only event. Um, 
And boy, it is otherworldly in my opinion. Like just, they had worked out something really special um, with this one. That the, the movement from the Moog to the piano, like where the Moog is doing the, you know, like big, deep throated bass in uh, All I Need. And then the piano takes that line over halfway through. Mm-hmm. I'm just like, oh, oh it's God. cathartic. Like the oh, chills that I experienced so when I feel that. <laughs> it's so great. I don't think it's going to surprise anyone listening that I also love this record and that I also love Radiohead. I was actually thinking about, um, I think in Rainbows, so I I don't, it wasn't my, I think of Radiohead almost as like, at what point did you enter? Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? Like, uh, uh, they've just been around for my entire life. Like, I, I mean, and still, still doing amazing things. I mean... I think Hail to the Thief was the one where I entered in real time. Hmm. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I, I, we talked on a few podcasts ago how I always had a, had a tendency, I still do this, of like, if something's too popular in real time, I tend to come at it later. And I think in the 90s, Radiohead was on the upswing. And we talked about how my even, even coming to like good alternative grunge, you know, like all of that, I kind of came a few years later. So I didn't really get into Radiohead in mm-hmm. real time until Hail to the Thief when that album came out and I got that album and then started going back into the Radiohead discogra- discography for, you know, I'd heard the singles, but like sure. in, in, you know, actual depth. And I remember Hail to the Thief was just so of the moment and so political that, you know, it was kind of like, like I, I loved it, but it wasn't, it wasn't a life changing one. It was like, oh, you're making a statement. Got it. Literally in the title of the album, right? Um, so I don't think it was until In Rainbows came out where I was like really fell in love with Radiohead. Mm. Um, and going back, I think that I think it might be my favorite Radiohead album. Like I'm looking at all of them, I'm thinking, okay, it's probably not the one that I think is best. Like I think Kid A, from a quality standpoint, I've gotten back and listened to quite a bit. It's probably my favorite. Like the one that I, if I had to pick one that I thought was their best album, mm-hmm. but I think I've listened in Rainbows more. Yeah, I think in Rainbows is probably the one I've listened to the most. In Rainbows is uh, it is now my second favorite of their catalog. I I reach for it more than than I probably reach for it more than Kid A. Although Kid A just it has a piece of my heart that we'll get to at some other podcast that nothing yeah. will ever supplant it at this point. Um, yeah. But Kid, I think in Rainbows is probably the one I reach for the most. At this point. I mean, me too. I just, I, it never, what was that we were talking about Mariah Carey's fantasy? It's never the wrong time to listen to fantasy. <laughs> That's right. I honestly, like, anytime I start hearing that intro beat to, um, in Rainbows, and it starts so. in with that, that percussion, I'm like, mm-hmm. yeah, the, okay, let's listen to this. Yes. <laughs> I'm now in I mean? the mood like, for this record. I'm now, this is now, now it's in Rainbows time. Have you ever listened to the, I don't know if it was Bonnaroo or there's a, there's a live recording of videotape before it was on in rainbows where where it's completely different it's like this kind of upbeat uh lots of um like fast-paced interesting beats going on underneath the music um like what phil selway is doing yeah and videotape and it's this really beautiful like huge almost dance pop dance song and then when you listen to it on the record, uh, where it has none of that, and it is super sparse, and has these little staccato rhythms that are 
are mm-hmm. feel like they're building to something else, but they don't. Like they actually just right. don't build to something else. Um, it's actually really interesting. Listen to that song, knowing the the live version of it pretty well, because you can hear the original rhythms wanting to come out in the final version ah. and the suppression of those almost feels like a part of the song to me now like the in my heart i'm listening to it as this beautiful huge vista dance song uh but the the music that's coming through the speaker is really sad and and really uh you know quiet and 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 almost mournful um, and it's a really interesting dichotomy that I just love. I love how much space is in every one of these songs that you can just insert yourself into the into the mood and kind of bring yourself in. There's something about weird fishes with the way that they're all working together and and kind of building this, um, you know, increasingly crescendoing uh, second mm-hmm. half of that song where I feel kind of swept up in it. Like it almost, I, you know, I, it, it, it means to evoke images of the ocean or images of water. And I mm. almost think of it as like this tide that I just get swept away in, uh, you know, with them. And I insert yeah. myself into this music in a way that feels a little bit different than other, other bands or other, other albums that I've listened to. I feel like there's space for me to just kind of nestle in like a hammock. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, I love this album so much. I could keep going on in rainbows for two more hours. Uh, we need to start a podcast that's just the best Radiohead song for. Oh, I am so I into say, that podcast. I feel like you and I would be so, so into that. Anyway. We would have like 27 listeners and I would love all of them. I want to have dinner with all of them. I want to go on vacation with all of them. <laughs> Uh, tell me, well, let's do, let's do this first. Let's do honorable mentions and then Canon. Cause I'm guessing we're inducting two albums tonight. So the, yeah, we'll hold that off for a second. Uh, some of my honorable mentions tonight, uh, I mentioned a lot of electronic music. So top of mind was John Hopkins immunity. Like I listened to that record and the, the, the sound that he creates on that record really takes me to some other place. Thoravuk uh, by Robog Wormy. I'm almost certainly pronouncing his name wrong. Uh, is another one of my very favorite records uh, that's a lot of like found sounds. And, and I think that he has created some really unique songs on that album as well. Uh, Boards of Canada's Campfire Head Phase. Uh, these are all albums that nobody listening to this has ever heard of, but that's fine. Uh, and then Massive Attacks Protection. Um, there's like this seven or eight minute opening track with Tracy Thorne from Everything But The Girl on it uh, that is so beautiful. Um, I really just want to sit in that song uh, in the woods, <laughs> laying on my back, looking at the stars. What were some Love of your that. honorable mentions? I mean, I don't think it's going to surprise you that I thought of Radiohead almost first, you know, <laughs> a, a, nice as well. So, But I think uh, I went more the direction if I was going to think about the subject of probably a mood-shaped pool or mm-hmm. King of Limbs. I think it's when they got like a little bit more electronic a little mm-hmm. bit more i don't know how to describe it like spatial and sometimes dancey but sometimes just like atmospheric yeah um pastoral and, and, mm-hmm. yeah um in a way that i i love i remember when that for when they first came out i was like oh this is different than in rainbows <laughs> you know like that was my that's kind of my reaction it was like oh different direction okay um but you know in terms of this subject matter in terms of what's going to resonate when you're taking peyote in the woods so you know it's hard to hard to beat a moon-shaped pool um 
I think besides for that, I don't, I don't know that I've got a lot of like obvious, like trippy kind of music that I listen to. I think that maybe, um, I don't, I hesitate to even say this one because I like love it so much, but, <laughs> um, Boxer by the National would probably oh, be up there. Um, but I mostly just because of the, yeah, but like, see, this is a longer conversation. This is why I hesitated <laughs> to bring it up because <laughs> I feel like there's, there's a different, um, very different vibe, but some of the same things about Boxer that I love now, um, I loved about Alt J like the, like they both took me on a journey. Yeah, yeah. That I wasn't expecting. 100%. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um anyway, so longer conversation. Um That reminds yeah, me of I like, don't know that I Flaming Lips, You See Me Battles of Pink Robots or uh Postal Services Give Up. Like those are records that I could see. Oh my god. Being great. Postal Services great Give headspaces. Up. Yeah. Oh, that would be a great wow. Though like yeah, postal service. I'm that now. I'm at, I'm just thinking about like them on tour and really want to see one of them while they're on tour. But listen, I buddy, be able to. Riot Fest. Let's do it. I know. Um, okay. Uh, I remember who I was thinking of that I did not talk about before, and I'm surprised I didn't bring up was James Blake. Oh, sure. Absolutely. Oh my god. Uh, James Blake would be amazing Which on just about doing? any drug. I would probably choose the color in anything. But honestly, like, I mean, take your pick. They're all kind of trippy. They're all like, yeah. They're all like, again, you kind of listen. You kind of think you're on drugs while you're listening to them, right? right. But in a good way. <laughs> the best way. We have a lot of yeah. opinions about drugs for two people who've not really taken many drugs. <laughs> yeah, they're all formed by <laughs> things we've never done. It's fine. I watched Black Swan, and then I know everything there is to know. About what it would be like to listen to Kruder and Dorfmeister on drugs. There you go. Exactly. Uh, so I am ready to open up the canon tonight. Uh, I think these albums mean enough to both of us that even if I I don't know if Alt J's record is in my personal canon, but it has it has to be in the Dave and Caleb canon, right? Like this is yeah. a this is a cornerstone record for your music collection. It's definitely in my canon. It's interesting that it wouldn't be yours, although In Rainbows is definitely in mine as well. Yeah. So, That's our first yeah. thing, not unanimous In Rainbows is in. I don't want to discuss all the other Radiohead records tonight because I, they are the one band. I don't know that I'm going to do another Nirvana episode or another you know, Kanye yeah. West episode, but I, <laughs> for sure I'm going to do five or six other Radiohead episodes. <laughs> if hear that. Hear that. I'm not going to be upset about it. So what are you listening to this week? So I have been revisiting um, the, and God, I'm going to butcher how you pronounce it, the Yves Tumor. <laughs> I always thought it was uh, Yves Tumor, but it might be Yves Tumor. Tumor? I think so. I mean, it feels like that rolls off the tongue if you were wanting to make it really exotic, but you're right. It could be just Yves Tumor. Um, and the reason is I just saw them, I believe. Um, I just saw them at the Riv last week, and they blew my mind. It was mm -hmm. so much fun. One of my favorite concerts I've ever been to. It's like every song is just so fun. The audience was so into it. They were so into it in terms of like engaging with the audience. They were flirting hardcore with their guitars the whole time, and it was just funny. Like it was the whole thing was entertaining, and the 
and it just felt, you know, we talk about a lot about collective effervescence. You know, it was one yes. of those where like we were all just into it. I mean, my wife was there, and she does not get into concerts usually. She goes like with me so, so that I could enjoy it and she could enjoy being with me but she was actually also enjoying the music and enjoying being in it so in run up to that concert and since I've been listening to that especially their last album Praise the Lord Who Choose but which does not consume which is an amazing title absolutely I love that I love uh, so apparently it's Eve Toomer what yeah seriously Eve Toomer oh man I would so, not have guessed that. Thank you. See, I'm getting educated in real time. I love this. <laughs> yeah. I have been listening to uh, this album that I I guess the proprietariness in me feels like, should I talk about this record? But it's a record called That Feels Good by uh, Jesse Ware. Um, this is like a pure like disco, pump disco into her veins record. That yeah. Is so good it is so fun every song is so good and also maybe not safe for work <laughs> it just at least that first record or that first song like i definitely uh, I started listening one. to this at your recommendation uh-huh. and i'm like in my office listening to it and my wife walked in and was like what the hell are you listening to <laughs> man i uh i'm bummed because uh i am going to talk about this record on our on our you know favorite stuff in the last six months and probably going to talk about it again. Favorite stuff of the year. And every time I'm going to have to say that feels good <laughs> because that's how it's pronounced is that exclamation mark feels good. Exclamation mark. And I am slightly red faced, but there you oh, have it. Man. Jesse we Ware. both picked albums that just came out in the last six months that we probably would put in our favorite albums of the yeah. year already. Eve Toomer's record actually, I think is maybe my favorite record this year. It's yeah. so good. I keep listening to it. There is this, uh, there's this moment, there's a song called Echolalia on it where there's like this little patch, or maybe it's Meteor or Blues. It's probably Meteor or Blues. There's this little patch of like wall of sound, like Smashing Pumpkins, Siamese Dream Era, wall of sound that is so rupturously amazing that I just want to like pump that directly into my veins <laughs> for like the rest of the year. Uh, and I want more, please. Eve Toomer, please just make more records that sound like that. Um, And this record's really cool. I'm so It's funny that you say that because that was one of the things I was so surprised about when I saw them in live was how, like, how hard they rocked, if that makes sense. Like, you you listen and it's very experiential and experimental, but, like, live, it comes across as, like, we're just going to blow this fucking place apart. Do you know what I mean? Like, everyone's, like, dancing and rocking out. I watched him at Coachella on, on the live stream both weekends, and because uh, why not? And uh, it seemed like they were all like leaning really hard into like eighties hair metal like vibes. Yes, like they literally got dressed. the like triangle shaped guitars. Yeah. like they've got yes, very much so. <laughs> but like in a way that works. Again, high risk, high reward. But this oh. this is working for me. It was so much fun. It's so good. Um, also, like. That album may that might actually be a good backup for doing peyote too. <laughs> be a very so. exciting, fun experience. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Good times. All right, buddy. I will see you next week. Uh, as always, please, you know, uh, subscribe and, and leave us a review. Let us know what your best album for doing your hard dug of choice in the woods would be. 
Uh, even if you haven't done them, you can still participate and play at home. Uh, <laughs> tell us how we got it wrong. If you've had the Burning Man experiences, please let us know what it was like to listen to an awesome wave and in rainbows on the yes, drugs that we've never done. Let's do research after instead of before. <laughs> 